1: Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, my name is Tom, and I've always struggled with my weight. I've been overweight for as long as I can remember. Tired of feeling down about myself, I decided to join a gym to improve my health and fitness. As I walked in, I was immediately intimidated by all the fit and muscular people working out around me. But I was determined to make a change. The gym coach Jake was the epitome of the popular guy. Athletic cocky, and always surrounded by his equally fit friends. To make matters worse, he had a stunning athletic girlfriend named Amy. I couldn't help but feel embarrassed by my body and lack of fitness compared to everyone else, especially Amy. As I started working out, I found it really difficult to keep up with the routines, and Jake's continuous mockery only made me feel worse. One day, as I struggled to finish a set of push-ups, Jake sauntered over with a smirk on his face. Hey, Tom! You know, it's uh, not a competition to see who can do the fewest push ups in a minute, he sneered, clearly enjoying my discomfort. Trying to brush off his comments, I replied, Well, at least I'm trying, Jake. Rome wasn't built in a day, you know? Jake laughed, unimpressed by my comeback. True, but at this rate, you'll be ripped and ready for the cover of Nerdy Fitness Weekly in a lifetime. During a group workout session, Jake decided to pair people up for partner exercises. To my dismay, He paired me with his girlfriend, Amy. As we started the routine, I could feel Jake's eyes on us, ready to pounce on any opportunity to humiliate me. When we moved on to partner squats, Jake couldn't resist by making another dig. Whoa, Tom, you're really struggling there. Maybe you should just try squatting with a book instead of Amy. You know, something more your speed. Despite the embarrassment, I refused to let Jake's taunts get the better of me. Very funny, Jake. I'm just getting warmed up. As the days went by, the humiliation only intensified. During a cardio session, Jake sneered. Maybe you should lose some weight first before attempting this, Tom. Don't pass out this time like you did last week. I gritted my teeth and responded, thanks for the concern, but I've got this, Jake. In another instance, while I was struggling to use the weight machines, Jake mockingly suggested, hey Tom, don't break the equipment with all that weight you're carrying. We wouldn't want to have to replace it. I rolled my eyes and retorted, Don't worry, Jake. I think your ego is a greater threat to this place than I am. One day, as I stumbled during a workout, Jake jeered. Did you just roll off the couch, Tom? You really shouldn't be here among us athletes. This gym is no place for druggies and dropouts. Frustrated by his relentless bullying, I snapped back. You know what, Jake? I may not be as fit as you, but at least I'm working on it. Could you say the same about your personality? Little did I know that my life was about to take a surprising turn, and Jake's attempt to mock me would backfire in a way he never expected. Despite Jake's continuous mockery, I started noticing that Amy didn't share her boyfriend's mean-spirited attitude. In fact, she was nothing like the popular stereotype I had expected her to be. She was kind, supportive, and even encouraging as we worked out together. Come on, Tom. You can do it. Just a few more reps. She'd say during our training sessions, her voice full of genuine encouragement. Under Amy's guidance and support, I began to make significant progress at the gym. My strength and endurance improved, and I started to excel in the exercises. Jake, however, only seemed to intensify his humiliating tactics. One day, as I struggled to lift a particularly heavy weight, Jake called out, Careful, Tom. Don't want you to get a hernia or something. The whole gym laughed as my face turned red with embarrassment. As Amy and I grew closer, Jake's jealousy and possessiveness started to show. He would hover around us during workouts, making snide remarks and trying to belittle me at every opportunity. He even went as far as accusing me of trying to steal his girlfriend. Things came to a head when Jake claimed to have caught Amy and me kissing on his 4K camera. He stormed into the gym one day, waving his phone around like a trophy, and confronted us in front of everybody. You two have been sneaking around behind my back, huh? Well, guess what? I've got proof. Amy, clearly fed up with Jake's behavior, took a deep breath and looked him in the eye. Jake, it's over between us. I can't be with someone who treats people the way you do. You're constantly putting Tom down. But he's shown me that there's more to life than just being fit and popular. The gym fell silent, everyone staring at the unfolding drama. I stepped forward, taking Amy's hand in mine. Jake, you've got to learn that it's not about how you look or what you can do physically. It's about how you treat people and what kind of person you are inside. Jake stood there, stunned, as Amy and I walked out of the gym together, hand in hand. In the days that followed, word spread about what had happened. People started to look up to me, not only because of my newfound confidence and gym prowess, but also because I had shown them that being a good person matters more than popularity. In the following weeks, Amy and I continued to grow closer, our bond stronger than ever. But Jake couldn't accept that things were over between him and Amy. He resorted to stalking us, making our lives miserable with his unwelcome presence. One evening, as Amy and I sat down for a romantic dinner at a local restaurant, Jake sauntered in, uninvited. He pointed at me, sneering, Hey, Tom, couldn't you at least put on a decent shirt? You look like a homeless guy. Are you sure you can afford this place? During one of our weekend outings to the park, Jake appeared out of nowhere. A smug grin plastered on his face. He looked at my worn-out sneakers and said loudly,
2: What's the matter, Tom? Did
1: you have to fish those out of a dumpster? How pathetic. As Amy and I walked through the mall, Jake followed us from store to store, making snide remarks about my inability to afford the latest trends. Oh, look at Tom, browsing the sales rack like he's hunting for treasure. Gotta pinch those pennies, huh? At a local coffee shop where Amy and I were enjoying a quiet afternoon, Jake burst in and started ridiculing me in front of everyone. Hey, Tom. I bet you're only here because they have free Wi-Fi. Can't afford internet at home, can you? That's just sad. One day, as Amy and I were headed to the movies, Jake intercepted us, feigning concern. Are you sure you want to go in there, Tom? Last I heard, they don't accept food stamps for movie tickets. Despite Jake's constant harassment, I remained patient, determined not to let him ruin my newfound happiness. One day, I decided it was time to reveal a secret I had kept hidden. I was actually a millionaire. My wealth had accumulated through smart investments and a successful business, but the stress of all of it led me to gain weight. Now, this should be interesting, I mused as I shared the news with Amy, who was ecstatic. Together we decided it was time to use my wealth for a greater purpose and see how Jake would react. When Jake caught wind of the news, he was stunned. He approached me hesitantly, his voice dripping with disbelief. Is it true, Tom? Are you really rich? I grinned, my eyes twinkling with amusement. Yes, Jake, it's true. But my wealth doesn't define who I am. I've learned that true happiness comes from the relationships we build and the person we become. I announced that I would be starting a charity to combat bullying and create a safe space for those affected by it. As part of the initiative, I would be purchasing the gym where we all worked out and appointing Amy as the top trainer. Surprise, Jake! You never really know who you're mocking, do you? I teased, reveling in his shock. But don't worry, I have a proposition for you too. I extended an invitation to Jake, offering him a chance to participate in the charity and help out at the gym. But there was a catch. His role at the gym would be that of a janitor. It was an opportunity for him to learn humility and the value of hard work. As I reveled in the idea of Jake's newfound humility, another unexpected revelation came to light. It turned out that Jake had been hiding a secret of his own. He was the heir to a massive fortune. But he had been concealing it in order to live a normal life, away from the pressures of wealth and expectation. When his secret was revealed, the dynamic between Jake, Amy, and me shifted dramatically. No longer driven by jealousy and insecurity, Jake embraced his role as a janitor at the gym and became an active participant in the charity. It seemed that by revealing my own wealth, I had inadvertently allowed Jake to come to terms with his. We confronted Jake about his hidden fortune, and he was surprisingly candid about it. Yeah, it's true i've been hiding my wealth to live a life where i'm not constantly judged by my bank account but seeing you tom being open about your riches and using them for good it's made me realize that i can do the same the gym community witnessing our transformations rallied around us we all worked together to create a better more inclusive environment with amy leading the way as head trainer as we focused on combating bullying and promoting kindness and respect we discovered that true success and happiness don't come from wealth or popularity, but again, from the relationships we build and the people we become. In the weeks that followed, the bonds between us all grew stronger. Jake, now humbled and dedicated to making a difference, became an essential part of our charitable endeavors, and I continued to use my resources for the greater good. It was a testament to the power of redemption and the importance of the relationships we form in our lives. Just when it seemed like everything was finally falling into place, Another twist emerged. A mysterious benefactor had been supporting the gym all along. This anonymous individual had been responsible for keeping the gym afloat during tough times and was now ready to reveal their identity. To our astonishment, the mysterious benefactor was none other than Jake's long-lost father, who had been monitoring his son's actions from afar. I wanted to see if you could change, Jake, his father explained. I'm proud to see that you have. As Jake stood in belief, Amy chimed in looks like life has a way of teaching us all a lesson or two. Huh, Jake. With newfound humility and a chance at redemption, Jake embraced his role at the gym and in the charity, proving that we all have the power to change for the better.
2: I've been hit with paint, doused in spoiled milk, left speechless by blaring air horns, and so much more every single day. The world thinks it's funny, and maybe it is, from the outside looking in. But from my perspective, it's a never-ending nightmare, a nightmare that I was born into. And before you start with the they're just pranks bro argument, let me tell you that when you're the victim of just a prank every day of your life, It stops being just a prank. It's psychological torture.
1: Hey, yeah. That's me. Just to get you caught up on my story, my name is Jake, and my life has always been a bit, uh, over the top as you can see. You see, my parents are professional pranksters. Yes, you heard right, professional pranksters. Most kids get grounded or sent to their room when they misbehave. Me? I get an air horn blast at 3am or a surprise tarantula in my cereal. Ever heard of Smith's Prank Palace on YouTube? Of course you have. A couple in their 40s acting like a pair of teenagers on spring break break, and their punching bag, yours truly. Dad always said, humor keeps you young. But at the expense of my dignity, it didn't seem all that funny. To paint you a full picture, this is how my conversations with my parents usually go. Getting ready for our next big prank? You better sleep with one eye open tonight, winky face. Did I mention they have a strange obsession with emoji texts? I tell you, my life's one big joke. Literally. Oh, this is gonna be great. Our subscribers are gonna love this one. I just hope Jake remembers we do this out of love. And for views, of course. Yeah, love that's what they call it. One day in middle school, I had my crush Lily coming over to work on a science project. I specifically remember pleading with my parents. No pranks today, okay? It's important. They'd given me their word. I should have known better. The doorbell rang. My heart pounded in my chest as I opened the door to Lily. A nervous smile on my face. Suddenly, there was a shower of sour milk from above, soaking us both. Lily, I- I stammered, horrified as she wiped milk off of her glasses. My parents popped out, cameras rolling, laughter echoing. Their apology video later that night garnered more views than the prank itself. This was it. I had it. The sour milk was my tipping point.
2: Is YouTube more important to you than your son's
1: dignity? I screamed at them, my face still stinging from the milk. We, we didn't realize it was that bad for you, John, Mom had stuttered. The cameras finally off her face a mixture of surprise and concern now i wish i could tell you that my life had gotten better after the sour milk incident that my parents backed off with the pranks or that i somehow turned into the most popular kid in high school but nope instead my life had turned into a living hell of never-ending embarrassment courtesy of smith's pranks palace from dad pretending to faint in the middle of my freshman orientation their video titled hilarious prank at high school orientation must watch 5 million views to mom barging into my chemistry class dressed as an alien the video titled crashing high school class in alien suit. Epic reaction. Earned a trending spot. My high school years were a montage of mortification. But the worst part wasn't the embarrassment or the name calling. It was the pity. The sympathetic glances from teachers. The awkward conversations with the school counselor. How are you handling your home situation, John? They'd ask. And so I became a bit of a loner. The prank palace boy who ate lunch in the library and avoided eye contact. And then there were the comments on YouTube, poor kid, they'd say, or How does he put up with them? And my personal favorite, I'd die if I were him. Every ding of a new comment, every laughter-filled reaction video, felt like a punch in the gut. But what could I do? They were my parents. They fed me, clothed me, loved me in their own twisted way. Now you're probably wondering, how did I escape the constant eyes of the world? The answer is, I didn't. But I did get a change of scenery. In my yearbook, a sentence that still makes me laugh, most likely to become a viral meme written beneath my photo. The doors to college life swung open and I stepped through them, hoping to find an escape from my prank-infested past. I met Clara on the first day, an intro to psych. She was the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen with long blonde hair, and a laugh that could light up a room. Oh, you're the prank palace guy! She'd exclaim when we first met. Your parents are hilarious! It was my past, not me, that drew her in. But I was too smitten to care. I mean, look at that smile! As we started dating, there were red flags. Like when she insisted on video calling my parents, or when she constantly brought up their YouTube earnings. But love, as you see, makes you see things through rose-colored glasses, doesn't it? It was one of... those nights clara and i were in bed the moonlight streaming through the window she was mumbling in her sleep something she did occasionally must get the money she mumbled it was followed by a soft snore it sent a chill down my spine but i brushed it off as just sleep talk over time clara started hanging out with brad the buff dude from our psychology class she'd laugh at his jokes a little too hard touch his arm a little too often but every time i brought it up she'd
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Brush it off. You're just being insecure, she'd say, her eyes not meeting mine. One night she came home late, reeking of Brad's cologne. That night, her sleep talk was a lot more telling. Brad, no. John can't know. The money. I'll take the money, she muttered in her sleep. Suddenly, everything fell into place. The late nights with Brad, her interest in my parents' earnings. It was all a part of her plan. She wasn't with me because she loved me. She was with me for the YouTube money, the fame, the lifestyle. And now she was planning on ditching me for Brad once they got what they wanted. But they'd messed with the wrong guy. I was Smith, after all. The son of the world's greatest pranksters. If Clara wanted a prank, she'd get one. The prank of the century. The sweet nothing she murmured in her sleep now had a sinister edge to them. After another night of her rambling about easy cash, and dumb pranksters, I finally decided to confront her. Clara, we need to talk. My voice sounded hollow in the silent room. She looked up from her phone, a perfect eyebrow raised in question. Is this about my sleep talking? (laughs) She laughed, a hollow, lifeless sound. John, I can't control what I say in my sleep. It's not just that, Clara. It's about you, Brad, and this plan of yours. Her face drained of color. You're absolutely delusional, Jake! She yells at me. I pulled out a series of printed emails that I'd found on her laptop, my heart pounding as I slapped them down on the table. The subject lines read, future plans, revenue split, and leaked prank videos. These are your email exchanges with Brad. I stated, trying to keep the tremor out of my voice. You two have been planning to hack into my parents' account to take their unreleased prank videos, start a rival channel, using my parents' content, and popularity to draw in viewers, and then you want to divert the ad revenue into accounts you two have set up. She sputtered, shocked into silence. I felt a grim satisfaction at catching her off guard. Did you really think you could pull this off? I asked, my voice hardening. You're crazy, John. You can't prove anything. Those emails could be faked, you know? She protested, but I didn't want to hear any of it. I spent the next few days assembling my evidence, the emails and screenshots of their secret bank accounts, and compiled them into a video. Yo, Mike. I dialed my hacker friend, my voice trembling with a mix of rage and determination. I need a favor. Funny how Clara inspired my hacking idea. Mike, a guy who could hack into any network while munching on his cheeseburgers, was my only hope. I need you to hack into my parents' YouTube channel. Mike nearly choked on his burger. Are you nuts? Dude, that's illegal. I don't care. This is important. Can you do it or not? There was a big silence on the other end before he finally sighed. All right, man. I'm in. But remember, you owe me big time. With Mike's help, I uploaded the video to my parents' YouTube channel. It blew up. Gold Digger Exposed went viral. Millions of views until it got taken down by my parents. I took a deep breath, bracing myself as I hit the record button for the second time. This time, it wasn't to expose Clara or her nasty plans, but to expose my parents in the lifetime of humiliation they had subjected me to. Hello, Internet, I began, forcing a smile. John here. You might know me as the butt of the joke in many of my parents' prank videos. I paused, swallowing hard as I prepared to delve deeper. What you don't know is the toll those harmless pranks have taken on me. My entire life, I've been subjected to a constant stream of humiliation and
2: embarrassment. I've been laughed at, bullied, and mocked for my parents' content. I've been hit with paint, doused in spoiled milk, left speechless by blaring air horns, and so much more every single day. The world thinks it's funny, and maybe it is. From the outside looking in. But from my perspective, it's a never-ending nightmare. A nightmare that I was born into. And before you start with the, they're just pranks, bro" argument, let me tell you that when you're the victim of just a prank every day of your life, it stops being just a prank. It's psychological torture.
1: I uploaded the video with a lump in my throat. It didn't take long before the internet exploded. My confession resonated with a lot of people. They saw the emotion, the trauma that I had gone through, and the support messages started pouring in. As for my parents, their response was less supportive. They were livid. They uploaded a response video on their secondary channel, claiming that I was blowing things out of proportion, that they were just having fun, and that I was trying to smear their reputation for sympathy. What they didn't expect was Clara suing me for invasion of privacy. Order! Order in the court! The judge's gavel boomed through the packed room as Clara's lawyer pointed at me, his voice ringing out with accusations. John intentionally sought to tarnish my client's reputation with false claims. I'd been prepping for this. My lawyer had drilled it into me. Stay calm, present your truth, and don't let them rattle you. But nothing could have prepared me for the way my heart pounded against my chest as I stood to defend myself. Your honor, if I may, I locked eyes with Clara, her smug smirk a sharp reminder of why I was here. I simply made public the truth. The truth of Clara's intentions and the truth of my life as my parents' unwilling clown. Laughter rippled through the courtroom at my quip but was quickly hushed. Clara's lawyer jumped to his feet, but the judge waved him down. The evidence is clear, your honor, I continued, scanning the faces in the room. I turned to look at my parents sitting stifly, their faces pale. I'm not a gold mine for you to exploit, nor a plaything for your amusement, I addressed them, ignoring the collective gasp that echoed in the room. And Clara, your plans to profit from my life at my expense are over, I announced, meeting her eyes. She shifted uncomfortably, and for the first time, I saw a crack in her confident facade. But even with the truth out, the court ruled in Clara's favor, because in the eyes of the law, she did not take her plan to the end. I exposed her before it got too far. As I pushed open the courthouse doors, I was bombarded with camera flashes and a crescendo of voices. Microphones were shoved towards me, each reporter wanting their exclusive bit. Any comments about the verdict? A reporter hollered, elbowing his way to the front. I chuckled, running a hand through my hair. You know what? I'm good. Justice may be blind, but the parents aren't. So yeah, I lost in court, but look around. I gestured to the crowd, their eyes fixated on me with a mix of awe and respect. I won in the eyes of the people. Applause rang through the crowd, whistles punctuating the air. John, 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 they chanted, my name rising and falling like a wave. The next question cut through. How do you feel about your parents' reaction? Ah, the counter video. That was something. Honestly, I think it just proves my point. They're so wrapped up in their fame, they don't see the harm they've done. John, what will you do now? Another question rang out. What will I do now? A slow grin spreading on my face. I'll live. Without pranks, without humiliation, and certainly without gold diggers. I'll live for myself. As I stepped into the waiting car, the chants of my name followed me. A triumphant anthem that filled the air. For the first time, I felt heard, seen, validated. I may have lost in the courtroom, but in the court of public opinion, I was a hero. I was finally free. And damn, did it feel good. Hey there, I'm Jake, just your average 15-year-old boy. Except for one thing, I've been in love with the same girl since kindergarten. Yeah, that long. Her name's Lily. She's got these sparkling blue eyes that remind me of the ocean and a laugh that could make even the grumpiest person smile. That's right, Uncle Scrooge, put a smile on that face. But enough about her. Let's get to the real story. One day, Lily's dad just up and left. No note, no goodbye, nothing. Just Lily, her two younger sisters, and an empty house. Lily was devastated, but she put on a brave face for her sisters. She was only 15, but overnight, she became a mom, a dad, everything. One day, she came to me, tears streaming down her face. Jake, I need your help. And of course, I said yes. I mean, who could say no to those ocean blue eyes? Ah, uh... So there I was. A 15-year-old boy trying to be a dad. It was like playing house, but for real. I'd go to school during the day, then head over to Lily's to help with homework, cook dinner, and tuck the girls into bed. It was exhausting, but every time I saw Lily's grateful smile, it was worth it. We had our share of disasters, like the time I tried to make spaghetti and ended up turning the kitchen into a war zone, or the time Lily's youngest sister, Bella, decided to give the dog a haircut. But we also had our moments of triumph Like when we managed to fix the leaky faucet all by ourselves or when Bella finally learned to tie her shoelaces. But just when I thought we had everything under control, my parents found out. They were furious. You can't be playing house with Lily and her sisters, my mom said. But I wasn't playing. This was real life and I was determined to help Lily, no matter what. So that's the crazy start of my journey, but trust me, it gets even crazier. So make sure you're subscribed and have notifications turned on because you won't wanna miss what happens next. All right, where were we? Ah, yes, my parents had just found out about my double life. They were furious, but I was determined to help Lily and her sisters. So I did what any reasonable 15-year-old would do. I argued with my parents, You don't understand mom. Lily needs me. I said my voice echoing in our living room. Jake you're just a kid. You can't be responsible for an entire family. My mom replied her voice filled with concern but I wasn't backing down. I may be a kid but I can help. I have to help. I said my voice firm. After what felt like hours of arguing my parents finally agreed to let me continue helping Lily but under one condition. I had to keep up with my schoolwork. So my double life continued. School during the day, playing dad in the evening, it was exhausting. But every time I saw Lily smile, it was so worth it. One day, while I was helping Lily's middle sister, Emma, with her math homework, Lily pulled me aside. Jake, I I don't know how to thank you, she said, her ocean blue eyes welling up with tears. Lily, you don't have to thank me. I'm just doing what any friend would do, I replied, my heart pounding in my chest. But before I could say anything else, Lily did something I never expected. She kissed me. It was a brief, sweet kiss, but it was enough to make my heart race. Jake, I... She began, but was interrupted by Bella's loud cry.
2: Jake, Emma's
1: eating crayons! Bella wailed, pulling us back to reality. And just like that, our moment was over. But something had changed. Lily had kissed me. So there I was, juggling school, my double life, and now my feelings for Lily. It was like I was in a circus, juggling flaming torches. But hey, at least it wasn't boring. One day, while I was at school, I received a call from Lily. Jake, I need your help. The landlord is here and he's threatening to kick us out, she said, her voice trembling. I rushed over to Lily's house, my heart pounding in my chest. The landlord was a gruff man with a belly that shook like a bowl full of jelly.
2: You're months behind on rent. If you don't pay up by the end of the week, you're out,
1: he bellowed, his voice echoing in the small apartment. I could say something about the tension in the air being palpable, but that one guy might comment something. So I'll just say the tension was high. Lily, don't worry. I'll figure something out, I said, trying to sound more confident than I felt. And figure something out I did. I took up a part-time job at a local diner, working late into the night. It was exhausting. But every time I handed my paycheck over to Lily, again, it was so worth it to see those eyes. But just when I thought things were starting to look up, I received a call from my school. Jake, your grades are slipping. If you don't improve, you might have to repeat the year. My teacher said, her voice stern, I was at a crossroads. I could either focus on school and risk Lily and her sisters getting evicted, or I could continue working and risk failing the year. It was like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. But before I could make a decision, Lily pulled me aside. Jake, I can't let you do this. You're sacrificing your future for us. She said, her eyes filled with tears. Lily, I can't just stand by and do nothing. I replied, my voice firm. Jake, there has to be another way. She said, her voice barely a whisper. And just like that, we were back to square one. I was way over my head in this situation. i had lost hope until overhearing about this local talent competition. The prize? A scholarship grant that could cover Lily's rent for a year. I knew what I had to do. I signed up for the competition, deciding to showcase my hidden talent, playing the guitar. I had been strumming tunes in my spare time, a hobby I picked up to distress from all the responsibilities. The days leading up to the competition were a whirlwind. I was practicing day and night, my fingers dancing on the strings. I was determined to win, not for me, but for Lily and her sisters. On the day of the competition, I was a bundle of nerves. The stage was huge, the lights blinding. But when I saw Lily and her sisters in the audience, their faces full of hope, I knew I couldn't back down.
2: And now, please welcome to the stage, Jake.
1: The announcer's voice boomed. I walked onto the stage, so nervous. I took a deep breath and just started playing. The melody filled the room, my fingers moving effortlessly on the strings. The audience was silent. Their eyes glued to me, and then just as I was about to finish my act, disaster struck. A string on my guitar snapped. I watched in horror as it flew into the audience, but before I could apologize, the audience erupted in applause. Bravo! A woman shouted from the crowd. That was the most heartfelt performance of the night! I stood there, stunned, as the cheers washed over me. I had done it. I'd won the competition. But just when I thought things couldn't get any better, the woman who had shouted bravo came up to me. Son, that was a fantastic performance. I run a music school, and I think you'd make a great teacher. It's a part-time job. Would you be interested? She asked, a hopeful look in her eyes. And just like that, I'd not only solved our money problem, but I'd also found a way to juggle school and work. Life was going well, until one day, the secret was out. It started with whispers at school, then pointed fingers, and before we knew it, our story was talk of the town. And then the unthinkable happened. Child Protective Services showed up at our front door. We've received a report about your living situation. We need to conduct an investigation, the officer said. I felt like the ground was slipping under my feet. We were about to lose everything, but I wasn't going down without a fight. I decided to go on a live broadcast to tell our story to the world. I was nervous, my hands shaking as I faced the camera. But when I thought about Lily and her sisters, I knew I had to be strong. Good evening, everyone, I began, my voice echoing in the silent studio. My name is Jake, and I'm here to tell you a story. A story about family, about love and about the lengths we go to to protect the ones we care about. I paused, looking directly into the camera. It's also a story about sacrifice, about stepping up and taking responsibilities that were never meant to be yours, but to accept them anyway because you care. Because you can't stand by and do nothing when the people you love are in trouble. I could feel the intensity of the sound studio, the crew members hanging on to each and every word I'd spoke. At the tender age of 15, I found myself in a role that I was hardly prepared for. I became a father figure to three girls who had been abandoned by their own. I was just a kid myself, but I knew I had to protect them. Provide for them. My voice grew stronger, more confident as I continued. We faced challenges. Oh, did we face them? From figuring out how to pay the bills, to dealing with the judgmental whispers at school, to the sleepless nights worrying about what the next day would bring. But through it all, we stuck together. We became our own little family, found not by blood by our shared experiences, by resilience, by love. Tonight I stand before you not as a victim, but as a testament to the power of perseverance, of community, and of unconditional love. Our story is proof that family isn't always about DNA. Sometimes it's about finding the people who accept you, who stand by you, and who fight for you, no matter what. So here's to all the unconventional families out there. To the people who step up when others step down. To the heroes who are born out of necessity. This is for you. The response was overwhelming. Messages of support poured in. A GoFundMe page was set up to help us. The community rallied around us, their kindness and generosity bringing tears to our eyes. But just when I thought things couldn't get any more dramatic, Lily's dad showed up. He had seen the broadcast and decided to come back. What are you doing here? I asked, my voice shaking with anger. I, uh, I came to take my, my daughter's back, he stammered, looking around nervously. You lost that right when you abandoned them. I shot back. The crowd that had gathered around us erupted in agreement. They shamed him, told him he had no right to come back after abandoning his family. He left, and this time I knew he wouldn't be back. In the end, we were allowed to stay together, An elderly woman from our neighborhood, Mrs. Jenkins, offered to legally adopt the girls, so the authorities would leave us alone. We were more than happy to accept. And so, our story concludes, not with a sad ending, but with a new beginning. A beginning filled with hope, love, and a community that turned into a family. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?